You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast. My name is Deborah Stellingworth. I'm obsessed with systems and strategies to help you create a sustainable lifestyle and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. The Stellar Life Project is about how we can make a difference in the world, first for ourselves and then for others. I've had successful careers in education and business before my hyperachiever, perfectionist tendencies led me to such extreme burnout that I woke up to find both my health and my marriage in crisis. On my journey to find a better way, I created the Stellar Life Project, which led me to create a coaching business that supports others on their path to establishing a sustainable lifestyle, doing the work they love and generating the income they want. In this podcast, I share from my experience as business owner and coach, and I host conversations with inspiring leaders and business owners to give you the tried and true strategies to help you expand and create your own stellar life. Hello, and welcome back to the Stellar Life Project podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Tess Sloan from 1111 Talent. Tess is a firm believer in the philosophy of transformation with concrete examples throughout her 14 years in the HR industry. She has catalyzed purpose-led paths for people and worked for global brands renowned for their transformative people practices and HR strategies. Using her technical background and instincts as a true North Star, her approach blends Eastern and Western philosophies, finding a harmony between tried and true tactics and progressive forward-thinking innovation. With a passion for neuroanatomy and meditation, she's able to harness the intersection of brain, mind, and body connection to produce the life-changing results. For Tess, the ultimate success story is testament to humanity. It is true, deep fulfillment for both candidate and company. Tess is certified in meditation, a regular speaker at universities, women's events, and HR conferences, and Tess is committed to the conversation of remaining deeply connected to your purpose and the continued development of your whole self. And we talk about all of that in the interview today, and you're going to hear some really great insights from Tess. If you're thinking about starting a business, thinking about starting a partnership, how to navigate that development and navigate that relationship. She also shares one of the most beautiful affirmations or mantras that I've heard in a while. It's going to leave you goosebumps and I hope you will take and adopt it. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Tess Sloan from 1111. I am so excited to have you here today. It's been a long time coming. The first time I heard you speak, Stellar Life Project podcast was just an idea, and I mm. knew you were on the top of my guest list. So oh, thank you I'm so much. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited. And we're recording in this beautiful studio. Oh, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really cool place to be. All right, so let's dive in because you have such an amazing story. And I had the privilege of hearing you tell your story at an event a few years ago. And I was struck by so many things. One of them was how strategic and Mm. deliberate and determined you are (laughs) in creating your business and creating your life. And Mm. I'm hoping that by you telling your story today, somebody who's listening is going to be inspired and know that 
there is another path. There mm. is another choice. You don't have to just dive in, right? right. So, because you're so different from me, I'm almost like, I'm diving in head first and I'm burning the bridges behind me. And you are so strategic <laughs> and I really admire that. I learned a lot from you. And mm. it's one of the reasons I'm more, I've been more strategic about positioning this podcast and right. creating it. So okay, tell us how you started your business, 1111 Talent. Yeah. So there was a few key moments that happened, moments around not feeling satisfied that kind of had me think, oh, how can I do this differently? How can I approach my career in a different way? And then another moment of inspiration. And so not being satisfied. So I was working in corporate. I was working for head office companies, big brands, really exciting brands and leading their talent acquisition function. And at the same time, I was also starting my family. So I had one son who was around one. And then I was thinking about having another child. And so what really struck me at that time in business, in corporate, was I looked up at the other women in executive positions or leadership positions that I admired. And one thing I noticed is they were at the office until seven, eight o'clock every night. And I was just like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to create the family that I want and be the parent that I want to be and have a really thriving, exciting, no limits career. And what I was clear on was like, I didn't want to choose one or the other. I was like, how can I have both? And so at that time, you know, working from home, flexible schedules, that was not in the conversation. It was really, you know, get there as early as you can, work, 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 mm -hmm. stay late and then go home, put your kids to bed and then log back on and finish up your emails for the day. And it was just not, it was just not going to work for me. And so I kind of had the idea of like, okay, I'm going to have to start my own business. I'm not someone that grew up wanting to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I loved working inside other businesses, but the seed was planted. And then about a year later, I went to a talent acquisition conference, a recruiting conference in Boston. And I went with one of my colleagues, Alicia Adams, and we were at this conference and we were just looking around the room. <laughs> we were like, this is so uninspiring, you know, like the conversations that are happening. And this was one of the most innovative like recruitment conferences in the globe. And they were just talking about really tired and old things that we had been doing for years. So we had the idea of, hey, we could do this. We could put on a conference and bring our community together in Vancouver and actually bring the content that we want to hear. Really progressive speakers from the top companies and how they're attracting talent. And Alicia and I got a lot closer during this time. She's somebody that grew up always really clear that she wanted to be an entrepreneur. So she was kind of, I'm just here learning everything and then I'm going to open my own business. I'm like, tell me more about that. <laughs> And so we kind of aligned and we came together and I shared my goals, which were really led around how I wanted to parent and how I wanted to show up as a mother. And her goals were more around having her own business. So we kind of connected on that and then started really dreaming of how we could do this. And so we started putting on these conferences and we would bring all the recruiters together and it was in Vancouver at the time. And then We'd bring in really awesome speakers that were really progressive, really innovative. And we just started building community. We'd sell tickets to these events and then we would 
use all of that ticket money to put on a killer event. We weren't making any money, but we wanted like champagne on arrival, charcuterie platters everywhere. We just wanted to create this really cool experience. And Mm. at the time, nobody was doing that for recruiters. They were doing it for HR people, marketing people, but not for recruiters. And so what it allowed us to do is really connect with the community and really understand you know, what their pain points were, what they needed. Mm. And and we were kind of coming together with them as them, also looking for inspiration and looking to develop in our own careers. And so we did a series of events and the last one was a really big event. We did it at the Roundhouse in Yaltown and we had, I think, three or 400 people attend. And then people started asking us, what do you guys do? How do we hire you? Is it just events? And we were kind of like, well, we're actually going to open a talent agency, but we built the community already. And Alicia and I were not the type of people that could just quit our jobs and then open our business and go all in. We actually had families, mortgages, real commitments that Mm -hmm. we needed to be able to still maintain. Real life. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when people say, you know, like burn we're in the ships. We were kind of like, well, we we have to do this over time. And we had the patience, we had the vision and it really didn't take that long. It was, you know, four years in total. And we had made the decision once we have enough money in the bank, that's making as much as our corporate jobs, we're just going to resign. And I remember the exact day when I like opened our business account and saw we had the exact amount of money. And I called her and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go in and resign. Are you still down to do this? And she was like, yes, of course, go do it. And so we we resigned and then opened 1111, stepped into it full time. And yeah, we've never looked back. Amazing. There's so much in that story <laughs> that is just like, I have goosebumps because I I know you can tell it now, but that that journey. And the first thing you said that caught my attention today was you guys said to each other, we could do this. Yeah. And I want the listeners to know that's often that first feeling. Mm -hmm. I could do this. I remember having that feeling Mm. about coaching. I could do that. Right. And then sometimes we go like I did. I said, no, I can't. No, I don't want to. And when we we say we don't want to, it usually means we're afraid to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's an important thing when you get that tug of, I could do this, and that you followed it, I think is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you did this with someone else. So it's like there's all these moving parts. And what I love about the story too is that you started with designing the life that you and Alicia wanted. Right. And then you said, how can we impact other people? Yes. So you know that I like to talk about your zone of genius and how you guys discovered that. What is your genius? How do you guys balance each other out? Because Mm -hmm. it works, I think, because I've heard you say before, because you have different strengths. We're complete opposites from every way you look at it. I'm a very like vision, big picture, blue sky, imaginative type of thinker. And Alicia is very reasonable, logical, tactical, tangible. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But then we move each other forward, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've got the big ideas. She knows how to make them happen. And then vice versa. Sometimes we play different roles. I think we both are very operationally sound people. So when we have an idea, we're immediately like, okay, how do we execute this and how do we bring it to life? And, you know, one thing that works really well for us is we spent some of our career time together working for Lululemon. And one of the biggest gifts we got from that time is that we did a lot of personal development work at Lululemon Mm -hmm. that was part of the culture there, part of the 
curriculum, part of being a part of it. You did all this development. Mm -hmm. And we really learned how to communicate in a shared way. We really learned how to have hard conversations with each other. We learned how to not take it personal. Mm -hmm. And we learned how to be able to resolve things really quickly. So either of us will sit in ambiguity for a minute. We won't sit in any resentment or dissatisfaction. As soon as one of us is feeling that, we just like pick up the phone and be like, I don't feel good about this. Like, and we just chat it through and it's not a scary thing. It's not personal, but it allows us to just like have clear, a clear path forward. And there's nothing, there's no resentment building in the background. There's no, you know, tiny little things that we've let go that we haven't really let go. And I think that's been a big contributor to how we've been able to grow. There's so much in what you said about the skills that are needed for a partnership. Mm-hmm. And this can apply to any partnership, whether it's your significant other in a romantic relationship yeah. or your business partner, but especially for the business partner and business owners out there is you have to develop those skills. So yes. you're the big visionary, she's more tactical, but you're both, I know that for about you, both really organizationally sound yes. because you cultivated that, that yes. skill. And you really have to, if you're a, unless you can afford to outsource everything right from the get-go, right. you've got to be able to develop those skills, always with a mind to, at some point, outsourcing things yeah. that you don't love doing. But there's that, that key piece of building the skills that you don't have and having the tough conversations and building those skills as well yes. about leadership and communication. So I love that you and highlighted you're that right. First. It's a building of a skill, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't come naturally to me to actually <laughs> be so tactical, but it does to Alicia. And it's what our community really needs from us. Like, oh, okay, Tess, that's a great idea, but how do we do it? And that's where Alicia will come in. It's like, here's mm-hmm. how you do it. And so we're able to play off each other really well. The skills that we were talking about developing, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that that's what they're signing up for. Right. You're signing up for growing yourself as a person, growing yourself in your skills, in your mindset, and all of those those pieces that are so essential for the success of your business. Totally. Mm -hmm. It's that developing the skill of, I work with a business partner who sees things so differently than I do. And so sometimes I'm talking to a client and I hang up, call Alicia. I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know what solution to give them. And she'll be like, what about did it? I'm like, how did I not think of that? Like my brain doesn't go that way, but hers does. And Mm -hmm. so it's a really nice synergy to like play off each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this is why a lot of people want a business partner because right. they're hoping for that. And yeah. it doesn't always work. It doesn't. Because yeah, it doesn't. often you don't have clear boundaries and clear yes. definition of what it is you're wanting to achieve. And also sometimes a coach is the answer, not a business partner. Yeah, that's Shameless so true. plug there, but right, it's... It it's, is. And I think one thing I would suggest is like from day one, before we were profitable, we sat down and said, what are our values? What are the values of 1111 mm-hmm. Talent? And on these five pillars, this is how we're going to make decisions. And they always must align with these five pillars that are, you know, selected by us because we're bought into them. And so even if you're a one-man show, Mm -hmm. even if you're in a co-founder relationship and you're not yet started, sit down and identify what your values are, how you're going to make decisions when times are good and when times are tough. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And... Make sure that you're living your zone of genius because what you said at the beginning was that you weren't inspired. 
Right. And we get inspired when we get to use our genius. Yes. And and you make a difference and an impact. You've made a huge impact on your industry and as well as your own lives by right. starting from that place. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. That's Wonderful. a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we do need to be reminded. Yeah. Like, where have you come from? Because how yeah. many years have you been doing this? Six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In total. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to shift gears a little bit to this idea of your, well, your brand personality mm-hmm. comes from 1111. Mm-hmm. And can you speak <laughs> about that a little bit? Because we've had some <laughs> some neat conversations over social media so, about that. Yeah. What do you mean exactly? Well, like 1111, <laughs> I didn't know the significance of it. Yeah. I'm very logical, shut off the spiritual side for a really long time. <laughs> yes. And so I had no idea what the significance right. was. And I heard, oh, 1111. It's like, why is that? And oh, the Arkells have a song called right. 1111. And what is that all about? And, right. and then after I met you, it was crazy how 1111 kept popping up all <laughs> over the place. I take oh a screenshot God, of a picture so of my funny. grandson right. and 1111 would be on it. And, and there'd be all kinds of things. Yes. And I was like, whoo, that's kind of cool. So can you just Yes. Give us a little tutorial yes. on 1111 yes. for the listeners who've never heard of this so concept an 11, before. 1111 is a auspicious set of numbers. So in Eastern philosophy, when you see those numbers, so if you're walking past the microwave and it's 1111, or you see it on your phone or on your computer screen, it signifies a moment. And there's a few different beliefs. Like some people think, some people will say, oh, it's 1111, make a wish. And it means like, oh, there's an open channel. The spirits are they're looking out for you or the angels are listening. What it means for us and our interpretation of it is that it's this moment that sparks change, right? So when you see that 1111, there is a belief and a thinking around when you see those set of numbers, it means you're on the right path. And so that is really what we aspire to do every day, right? Like we're connecting with individuals and we're supporting them and getting on the right path in an area of their life, which in this realm is their career. Mm, beautiful. And I love that. You, it's just a reminder, right? To It's a moment of change because it's a reminder to set an intention. It's a reminder to set an intention. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me to, was not even on my question sheet, but it reminds me of something that Gay Hendricks says in his book, The Big Leap, mm. that the entrepreneur's journey is a spiritual journey. Mm. So what would you say about that? Yeah. I mean, for me, there's no difference or differentiator between my business, my spiritual life, my home life, my romantic life. It's all one life. And and business is the biggest lessons I've learned in business are all energetic spiritual lessons. Okay. Can I give you a good example? Please do. (laughs) So we're a retained search firm, which means you're looking for your next hire, your next executive. You contact us. We pay 50% of the fee up front and the 50% when we deliver. Not all search firms are set up this way. We set it up intentionally. So a lot of other search firms, you only pay them at the end. And so it motivates pretty shitty quality, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're just trying to scramble and get something. But we're like, we've taken that off the table. We've been paid. Now we can do our best work. We can hire the best recruiters. We have a value around paying top of market. And so we had a few clients, like big name clients that came to us and said, we want to hire you. We're not paying that retainer though. We'll pay you at the end. And we were like, well, that's not the model. That's not how we have it. But we took them anyway Mm. and agreed to it because we wanted to work with that brand name. Right. And so 
it never went well. It was always, it was energetically off to a terrible start every time. And it just meant a lot of miscommunication. We were essentially working for free, right? And so sometimes we'd get halfway through a search and then that client would say, actually, we want to pivot you and now we need a director of e-com. Forget about this marketing role. So we just worked for free on that role with no pay. It doesn't feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're professionals. (laughs) We've been doing this for 15 years. And so it happened again for the last time about 18 months ago. And Alicia and I just looked at each other and we were just like, you know what? (laughs) No more. (laughs) Mm. And we just drew a line in the sand. And it was a really hard time to draw a line in the sand because it was COVID, our business revenue had gone down. We were really wanting to like take on anything, but we're just like, we're not available for this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. This is not how we do business. And the next time it came up, we were a hard no. No, we'd love to work with you. We don't work. This is our model. This is how we work. Once we had made that decision, and I mean like really made that decision in us and actually started saying no, all of the clients, all of the right clients that love to pay us started showing up, right? And I mean in larger and larger and larger amounts. And so that is energetic work. That is spiritual work. Mm -hmm. When you are making decisions like that for your business, that are in alignment. That are in with alignment, right? Mm-hmm. That is to me a real shifting of energy, which I contribute to the spiritual side, right? The mm-hmm. personal development side. There was so much time that we spent early on in the business just trying to say yes to everything. Yeah. Right? And there's so many people when they get started in their business are saying yes and scrambling and there's a needy energy and yeah. like, oh sure, I'll work with you because it's gonna give me good exposure or it's gonna give me a good reputation. And all the while it doesn't feel good inside. Right. And I always say every yes is a no to something else. Yes. So if you say yes to that client, what have you just said no to? Right. Your values. Yeah. And potentially, well, obviously the right clients who were willing to work with you on your terms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once when we were working for free, as I like to call it, that bled into like when we'd reach out to a candidate and like say, hey, we have this great opportunity at this. They could feel that too, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we got really clear about that, everything shifted and we never get asked to work without our retainer anymore, mm-hmm. ever. A hundred percent of our clients are retained. Awesome. This brings us to the money question, yeah. right? Because <laughs> this is about money. Yeah. We talk about retainer. It's the money. It's how you get paid. And people get a little bit squirrely and wobbly around right. the money and the transaction. And do you think that played a part for you guys as well? Or you gals, sorry. Yeah. You know, at the start, in all honesty, I had a lot to work through on that end, like writing invoices for large amounts, wanting to give clients a deal. And there was just some work around, you know, worthiness, I think, really kind of rooting in myself and reflecting and saying, hey, I've been in this profession for 15 years. I've developed this market. I have all the candidates in Downfall. My male counterparts are not offering their clients deals. And I'm a woman and I'm a woman of color. And I feel responsible to be in such integrity around this and do my own work because I know. I want to pave the way in some areas for women coming behind me. I don't want them to question anything. And so there were some things I had to work through now with that earlier on. Yeah. Do you, I love that you said 
It's about being in integrity. Yeah. Integrity with your values, integrity with your business model. And this is one of the reasons you inspire me so much is that you are willing to lead the way and do these things differently for the, those who are following. But as a woman of color, do you feel a particular responsibility, mm-hmm. burden to lead that way? Yeah, I do. And I, it feels more like a, a responsibility that I don't have to step into if I don't want to. I'm not mm-hmm. being forced to. Mm-hmm. But I do want to do that because at the end of the day, I'm in business. I'm a business person. I also, and you know, I teach meditation. I'm a certified meditation teacher and meditation teachers are not meant to love money. I love money. My belief is like money in the hands of good hearted women is what the world needs. And when money is in my hands, I do good things with money everybody around me is lifted. Mm -hmm. So I ensure that money keeps flowing into my hand so I can keep flowing it out to the right individuals, causes, places that need it. And I have no, like I feel when I check in with my body, it's like, yeah, girl, it's not, (laughs) it's just like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. And we all have healing work to do around money. There's so much trauma. Mm -hmm. We all grew up in different scenarios, you know, like mine, what I heard was we can't afford it. We can't afford it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now I like walk through the grocery store. I'm just like, who wants Teddy crackers? Who wants Tim (laughs) Tams? Because I'm like, I write the story now, right? It's my narrative now. And I'm also aware that I'm creating the narrative and my sons are listening to it. And so I'm really conscious about what I say, but Mm. I also, they also see me working and enjoying money and Mm -hmm. it's not a burden in my life it's something that brings us joy and that allows us to do fun things right and support other people so it's so embedded in the language right so the language of our families as well as our culture because regardless of your background I've yet to meet anyone who hasn't got a money story it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or a little bit or not what you think is not enough everyone's got a story around it and we have this opportunity to, as leaders in mm-hmm. organizations, whether you're an entrepreneur or a leader, to, in your family even, to change the narrative and change, change the language and be really conscious of the words you use. Agreed. And you first have to change it for yourself. And that Absolutely. means sometimes going back and really getting clear of like, oh, what are my, what is my narrative around money? Why do I mm-hmm. feel, why am I gripping onto it? Or what's that about? Where did that come from? Like really digging into it. Mm-hmm. So that you can have freedom and space with it and really like dropping into your body and checking in. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a, a narrative and there is a reality in the BIPOC community. It's statistically proven, you know, there's a gender pay gap and it's less for BIPOC women, yes. right? So I think it's important to really step into that and be talking about that. And also I do a lot of corporate meditation work. And so I'm paid for it. Like, why wouldn't I be, right? Exactly. But it has come up before where somebody's like, oh, I thought you were just going to do this for free because we're friends. And I was like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> this is my rates and this is how mm. much I charge for it, right? And I think I kind of got over that hump as well where I was like, I just want people to like me. I'm through mm-hmm. that. That took me a long time. But now I'm just like, yeah, this is what it costs to work with me in this way or this way. 
right? And if you don't want it, that's okay. <laughs> totally. I have free meditations on this app. You're welcome to, mm-hmm. you know, check those out. I do volunteer my time with specific organizations. Your business is not one of them. <laughs> exactly. And it's being willing to just draw that line again yeah. for yourself. Were you surprised that you had to do all of this money work when you signed up for entrepreneurship? I think a lot of people are surprised. They don't realize that that's what they're going to come up against. I was. Yeah, I was surprised for sure. And I think with being an entrepreneur or without it, even if you're not, you're going to come up against Mm -hmm. it. Like this is something you're going to deal with, right? Yeah. Money makes the world go round, right? We all have to deal with it, but we're just confronted with it. And it's in our face so much more when we're entrepreneurs. As an employee, we have the illusion that we know we're going to get paid six months from now. Right. And it's just an illusion because anything can happen. Totally. Right? As we've seen in the last two years. Of, yes. You know, suddenly your your job could be gone. Yes. Whereas as entrepreneurs, we don't have that illusion. Right. And so we get really in your face confronted right. with it. And I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk about that today because I think there's a lot of people who listen mm-hmm. to my show who are entrepreneurs and they're maybe early. They're thinking about making that step and... You know, I want them to know it's okay. There is another side. It's okay. And just start practicing saying to yourself, like in private, I love money. Money Mm -hmm. loves me. I'm friends with money. I do good things with money. Money in my hands is good for Mm -hmm. the collective. It's good for everyone. And just start normalizing that feeling. And then for women, I would suggest start talking about it with your girlfriends. Like we've been trained not to talk about money. It's mm-hmm. been, it's not polite, right? Yeah. Sex and money, two things that if you don't talk about yeah. them, you're getting into trouble. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like we're through the sex thing. Like mm-hmm. we're pretty talk about that openly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but money's still a bit like, oh, you know, like yeah. why is she talking about that? That's uncomfortable, but start talking about it. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then we diffuse it, right? Like we mm-hmm. take the What's the word I'm looking for? The energy out of it. We take the big mm-hmm. and we just make it another topic, like talking about the weather. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And we could go on and on about this, but I do want to make sure we have some time today to talk about how you take care of yourself because you are a mother of two. Yeah. And you've got this really active business and you manage to find time for your meditation and yeah, you have all these yeah. practices. And what would you say your essentials are mm-hmm. for healthcare? Maybe run us through your morning routine or just some of the right. things that you absolutely have to do. Because I want to give people ideas of how they can bring that in. Right. One of the first things I do with clients is say, you need to create a morning routine. Yeah. Here's mine, but it doesn't have to be the same as mine. We yes. all find one that works for us. So I'd love to hear from you what works yeah. for you. And I tried to force myself into a morning routine for so many years. I read so many articles on like, here are the eight things to do before you, you know, brush your teeth or all the successful entrepreneurs have them. I'm an Aquarian. Okay. So this, like what that means is I'm a free spirit. I'm a free thinker. I really struggle with like monotony and routine. And so for me, my morning routine is like I get up and I have like a a la carte menu that I can pick from. Sometimes I like check in with myself. How do you feel? Okay, let's do a meditation. So I'll like go sit and I'll meditate. Sometimes I'll hop on the Peloton, but I don't force myself to do it if I don't want to. Sometimes I'm like, it's raining. I want to stay in bed and just scroll through Instagram. I give myself permission, right? And so my mornings are kind of flowy and then I'm up and I'm getting the kids to school and I'm making their lunches and 
you know, one thing that I prioritize in my day, rain or shine, at some point during the day, I go for a walk. And walking is how I reconnect with myself and how I clear my mind. And so I will leave my phone at home. I'll just bring my keys and I'll go usually while the kids are at school and I'll just walk for 30 minutes with aimlessly. And I, in that time, I'm just like daydreaming. And it's just like my little, that's my self-care. It's how I take myself out of my like calendar and like all of the to-dos and I get into the vibration and the flow of just feeling like I'm free. I'm in flow. I'm not restrained. (laughs) I can daydream. That really works for me. Yeah, beautiful. And that's the that white space yes. for yourself. Have you ever heard about Thomas Edison? He used to go fishing every afternoon. Hey, no, I haven't. Without a hook. Oh my so God. He was the worst fisherman ever, but wow. he went just to connect with flow and be yes. in his space. And, and I really want people to take away from what you just shared is that it doesn't have to be a rigid routine. Right. I am the opposite. Yes. I like to have the... My routine is pretty fixed in the morning. I've recently started experimenting with, oh, what do I feel like doing for right. exercise today and, and allowing myself that space. But there's certain things I do like to do every day. And there's another episode about that where I talk about my self-care, my whole morning routine. But I want people to know that it's like, find what works for, for you. you. Yes. And I hope everyone heard that that's a non-negotiable for you. Right. That you... That walk is yeah. a non-negotiable. Like I will miss a meeting. I will, <laughs> I try to do it with the kids are at school. You know, like if it means I start dinner a bit later, like it's just, I just need that. And then I'm a better mom for it. I'm a happier human. I'm a better leader in the business, you know, like I'm just better for it. And so I just say, Hey, I got to take that 30 minutes for myself and never feel bad about it. Yes. And I, I'm so jealous of people that are good with like, like, Hey, I do these five things. Cause then at least, you know, like, <laughs> You're working out once a week. Like, I never know if I'm going to. I hope to. It's always like a crapshoot, you know? And yet you've got a high value on freedom and fluidity. So, yeah. yeah. Right? Like freedom is actually one of our values at 1111. It's one of our core values. Mm -hmm. And so that shows up in so many different ways, but it shows up in our own personal, like, beliefs as well. Mm -hmm. And. And we all define freedom differently because it's yes. a high value of mine too. And I like the structure. Yes. Right? Yeah. So because discipline does create it does. freedom it as does. well. It literally does. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. This is okay. uh, so exciting. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure that there's... Okay. So we've talked about your money and we've talked about the zone <laughs> of genius and we've talked about relationships with mm-hmm. your, your partner. And, and what would you say is key. Like if you're going to have somebody like a really, here's a tip about their relationship. Right. One thing that they could take away and say, here's what I can apply in my relationship right now. Right. Have the hard conversation. Have Just have the conversation you don't want to have. (laughs) And it'll be such a relief and you'll be so Mm -hmm. much better for it. And then once it's done, everything can move forward and you clear space. Back to that space of space theme again. What about space for play? Because Mm -hmm. I know in my life, because I'm a high achiever and I always want to do a lot of things, that I find a lot of creative outlet in my work that play becomes this thing that I kind of leave as right. the last resort or like uh, just kind of falls off. So I think it's really important. So how do you approach that? Yeah, I think play is so important. And I feel like, like I can't tell you one thing that I do that's like, 
check, here's play checked off. But I'll tell you that it shows up in micro moments during the day, right? Like where Alicia and I, you know, we'll be on a Zoom call with the team and then I'll just say a joke or say something funny or, you know, like just bring some lightness to a situation. Tonight I'm going out for dinner with three girlfriends. That's play to me, right? Like we're going to have some wine and laugh and talk. Play to me can be, you know, just hanging out with my kids and just getting involved in their like ridiculous, like (laughs) life from their eyes, right? That can be play. But anytime, anytime lightness is brought into a moment, for me, that's like play. Mm. And that's something we've got to cultivate. Yeah. Through walks and through meditation and, right. and other practices. But because um, us hyperachiever types can be, I got to do play. Right. Right. And yeah, you don't want it to become something on your to do list. Right. Yeah. But it's like, look for the moments where you can invite some lightness or some mm-hmm. levity. I read something this morning, I think from it was Julia Cameron, the artist way. I'm working mm. through that right now. And she said the quality of one's life is in proportion to the ability to take delight. Oh, yes. And that's what I was reminded of when you said it's in the moments. Yeah. It's finding it in those moments. And so we have Prosecco as one of our values at 1111, <laughs> literally Prosecco. And for us, it, that's what it represents. It represents savoring the moment. And we always, like in our business, when we achieve a milestone, or maybe it's just a Friday, and we're like, let's. It's time for some Prosecco, everyone. Grab a glass. And it's like Prosecco is the perfect like thing because it's just mm-hmm. like, it's so like delicious. <laughs> and you just sip it and it's like you savor the moment and it like mm-hmm. elevates a moment. So Alicia and I talk about this a lot, just like, because those moments are just found in the everyday. It's like, you can't wait until you're on vacation. You can't wait. You just have to, when you're in every day and then you get one of those moments, you just got to like go all in. <laughs> Pop the Prosecco. <laughs> love it. Love it. Say that again. Pop the Prosecco. Pop the Prosecco. <laughs> yeah. That's the tag phrase for you guys, right? Pop the Prosecco. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. It's like we, yeah, it's a big part of our business. <laughs> because you got to have fun. Like you're Absolutely. an entrepreneur, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah. it's it's hard work, right? And it's a lot of deep work. And mm-hmm. so you, you got to be having fun. Yes. Or else like, go. what's the point? <laughs> That's why we're doing it, right? Yeah. That's why we signed up for this and all the hard work that goes with it because it's fun and it's yes. freedom. So yeah. Oh, Alicia, thank you so much for being such a great example oh, thank of you. what's possible. Because I look at you and I say, what's possible? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. That means so much to me. And and I'm so glad that you were willing to share your time and energy with me and the listeners today so that they could see too what's possible. Thank you. And what's available. So I have some rapid fire questions All right. for you before I let you tell Let's them where they it. can get a hold of you. So this may be the last time I asked this question because I had a theory there was two kinds of people. Now I'm discovering there are three. Um, <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars? <gasps> I'm sorry. I'm the other one. I'm neither. Neither. Yeah. I'm wow. the other one. I feel embarrassed about it, but yeah, I'm definitely the other one. Wow. <laughs> sorry. That's news to me because they're very different, right? Like Star Star Wars to me is very great, grade seven boy and Star Trek is a little more intellectual. So, and then there's like this whole other people who's like, neither. Either. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's just, it's still interesting. <laughs> Your favorite place to visit? Australia, Melbourne. That's where I'm from. Mm. 
That's where the accent's from, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah. yes. She's really not a very nice person, but her accent lets her get away with everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your zodiac sign? I'm an Aquarian. Aquarian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Through and through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Textbook. Yeah. Um, you're the scariest thing you ever did. Probably moved to Canada. How old were you? Bag. I was 22 or 23 and I came on a one-year working visa and 15 years later. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your mantra that you kind of go back to all the time? Because I know we change our affirmations and mantras, but is there one that you go back to all the time? You know what? It always was my whole life. We can all create our own lives without any limits. And I have a new one these days. Okay. I really want to share it because it gives me like a lot of power. And it is your crown has been bought and paid for. Put it on your head and wear it. (laughs) And it gives me shivers because I think all women can hear this and relate to this. But for me, particularly as a woman of color, I think of like the women that have come before me, my mother, my aunts, every woman of color, they have done the hard work. Mm -hmm. And now it's time for me to just like really step into it and take it to that next level. And so I feel them, you know, with me as I kind of move through Mm. my journey. Yeah, I felt that. Can you say it again so that they don't have to rewind? (laughs) Yes. And this is for everyone. Everybody can connect to this in Mm -hmm. some way. But your crown has been bought and paid for. Put it on your head and wear it. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Words are powerful in how we use them for ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. The book that you were most inspired by? I, I read constantly. Okay, so this would be the one you would take to Mars if you were tasked with like one book to populate the library on Mars. Okay. I will say The Untethered Soul by mm. Michael Singer. Awesome. I'm actually listening to it right now. Yeah. Well, not right now, this moment, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. If you really want to understand your connection to self yeah, and a lot of the self-talk that yeah. happens inside I our heads. I think it was like mm-hmm. the first time it really introduced me to this whole other side. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good one. Oh, if you were a city, who would you be? Good Lord. I just, the first thing that came to my head was Venice in Italy because I love Italy and I love pasta and I love enjoying life and I just like have this picture of like people sitting in a little restaurant outside and they're eating like delicious pasta and they're just savoring it and they've got wine and they've got burrata on the table and they're just going nuts and there's water everywhere and they're just having good conversations no one's looking at their time or watch they're just in the moment Mm -hmm. that's what I would want to be or hope to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I get that vibe from you yeah (laughs) I gotta work on it okay and then Something you've not yet done that's on your dream list. Fly first class. I would love to do that. (laughs) Do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. (laughs) The food really is better. (laughs) I've called my business, my project, the Stellar Life Project. Mm -hmm. And that's what the podcast is called because it came out of a really personal place. Now, if you were to call your life, like name your life a project, you don't get to use your business name. If you were to name your okay. life a project, what would you call it? 
Freedom. Uh, the Freedom Project. The Freedom Project. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. And final question. Success leaves clues. If you could leave one clue for our listeners, what would that be? Just be you. I think, you know, the lesson that's taken me the longest to learn is that like, you're not going to be for everybody and that's okay, you know? And so it's more important to just like radically step into who you are and who you're meant to be and just trust that, you know, your people will find you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Tess, thank you so much. And how can people find you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So at 1111 Talent, we're on Instagram and our website is 1111talent.com. And then I'm on Instagram at Tesloan Meditation. And mm -hmm. I share a lot of tools and tips and musings about meditation there. Mm -hmm. They're great. So if you're Thank just you. getting started with meditation and wondering how to start, Tess is a great person to follow because she does really make it really accessible and- Thank you. Um, and comfortable to, yes. to experience it. So thank you. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank Again, you. thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. That was so good. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. See you next week on the Stellar Life Project podcast.